Love to complain? I bet you won't admit to that one. However, you do know there are many people that are very comfortable accusing others of complaining about everything. My name is Rabbi Yitzwein. I'm the rabbi of Young Israel Asia of Las Vegas, and you are listening to the Life is Great podcast. Well, I'll tell you, sometimes you ask a person, how you doing? And they say, hmm, I could complain, but no one will listen. That is just a very passive aggressive way of complaining. <laughs> That's what they are doing. They are complaining. Sometimes, well, I used to go to the Albertson. There was a guy there and I used to say, how you doing? And he'd say, I'm going to be pretty good in about two hours and 32 minutes, right? Whenever you get off work. Eventually he'd ask me, how are you? And then I would just say, great. And I wouldn't even bother asking him how he was because I knew it was coming. Sometimes you ask a person, how are you doing? And they go, can't complain. And then I always say, you could complain. It's just, you're too smart to complain. Because the truth is when a person articulates what's wrong in their life, they really solidify, they seal that negativity into their life. The reality is everyone has stuff that's wrong in their life. You, know, we, you, you could complain about a lot of things. Nobody's life is perfect. We all know that. I always say the person you, you know who has no problems in their life or the only person you know who has no problems in their life is the person you do not know very well, right? So that, that's the issue. Everyone's got issues. Everybody has problems. And if they wanted to complain, they could complain. But hopefully we are going to learn that we should all be too smart to complain. Because again, when you put things, when you articulate things, you seal it into reality. You know, the Talmud tells a story of a person who was, you know, just sitting with his friend, the rabbi, and he went, <sighs> he just kind of sighed, right? He's like one of those things. His rabbi turned to him and said, he rebuked him. He said, why are you sighing and bringing destruction into the world? That you should never sigh, never, like, never, never express your just like utter disappointment and just frustration by going, oh, right? As a matter of fact, the Gemara says when a person sighs, they lose part of their life. Literally, part of their life goes away. Another thing people should never say is, never say, eh, it could be worse. Again, that is a passive aggressive way of saying how horrible things are. I know a situation where a person became ill and the family said, oh, you know, couldn't get worse. You know what? Got worse. Then after it got worse and the, and the, and the, and the, the person was diagnosed with a very destructive form of cancer and was really suffering, they said, oh, can't get any worse. You know what? It got worse. Then he got really sick. They said, oh, can't get worse. And then the guy died. You know what? It can get worse. <laughs> Things can get worse. Really, what we have to do is once we start identifying bad, the bad situations and talking about it, we create mountains of stumbling blocks before us. And we have to learn how not to do that. The key is to become solution oriented, learning how to focus on the good and not ignore the bad to our detriment, but put the bad in its place. Say, okay, bad, I'm going to deal with you at Tuesday at two o'clock. I'll deal with this issue. Identify what you can fix. Identify the opportunities that are before you. You know, we've discussed this issue of when we pray, 
And sometimes there are things that we desperately want rather than fetching to God and basically saying, God, you're doing a horrible job at running the world. Rather, what we should do is we should identify the things in, in those situations that we identify as negative, identify certain positives in them and thank God for those positives. And then at the end of the prayer, we say, hey, God, you know, if, if, it, if it pleases you, then, then fix this, this issue the way I perceive that I would like it to be fixed. But the key is to learn how to focus on the positive and to be grateful of the positive as uh, in every situation. Now, this is nowhere near <laughs> as easily done as, as it is said. We know that. Dennis Prager calls this the missing tile syndrome. That what happened is, explains if you walked into a big room and there was a tile ceiling and there was one tile that was missing in the whole ceiling, your eye immediately goes up to that missing tile. We notice the thing that is wrong. And it might be because of how most of us were raised. You know, the idea of being negative was reinforced with us. You know, very often when we're young and we cannot articulate what we need or what we want, so we start crying. And then our parents say, oh, you need food. Okay, I'll give you food. Oh, you need to change your diaper. Okay, so that's, that idea of crying as a means of getting attention gets reinforced into us. And then as we grow older, you know, a lot of parents are basically lazy. I mean, you know, they're... You know, again, why why look at the negative? Let's look at the positive. They are they are overwhelmed <laughs> with the magnificent pleasures of raising children or many children. And the easy thing to do is just give the kid what he wants when he complains, just to kind of like quiet him down. And again, what what does that do to the child? It just reinforces this idea that if I complain or I cause enough of a stir up, that's how I get what I want. And we take those early lessons and that helps form our personality. And we grow up and we end up, end up doing that as adults as well. So it really does go back to the, the issue of, of, of true happiness or at least acting as happy as possible is a moral issue. And you just have to ask anybody who's ever lived with an unhappy person and they will tell you, yeah, you know what? I cannot stand living with an unhappy person even if that unhappy person was themselves. It's very difficult, right? Nobody, nobody likes to be unhappy. It's, it, it, it's something that, you know, we, we confuse it. Once in a while, you'll hear someone say, I think they're happier being unhappy, being miserable. They're really not happier being miserable. It's just they don't know how to do anything else. But we want to learn how to change that in ourselves. And de facto, we'll end up changing it in many other people as well. We want to learn that the way to, to manipulate situations is not going to be through complaining or focusing on the negative, but the true way to manipulate situations for the better is to be solution-oriented, focus on gratitude, and focus on what the good is in situations, and to try and change people by through a positive encouragement and positive recognition. You know, one of the great comparisons of unhappiness and negativity is is to that a bad mood is very similar to body odor or bad breath, right? Because if you see someone who's a bad mood, it's like you just don't want to be around them, right? You got to get out of there. It literally makes the world worse for everyone else around. When I'm walking, if I'm walking around in a bad mood and I'm criticizing, you know, it's no different than having body odor or bad breath. Everyone's got to get away. You know, one time, Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, this happened in the 1800s. He's walking down the street right before Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish year. And a person 
with a very serious demeanor. Perhaps he was preparing himself for the holiday. He was walking with a scowl in his face. And Rabbi Salanter said, you know, just because this guy is preparing for a holiday or, or maybe just because he's not in a happy mood, why should I have to suffer? Don't people realize that everyone's face is public property, right? I don't have to look at my face, but you have to look at my face. So I have to make sure that I put myself in a position that anyone who sees me will be elevated and uplifted. And if you've ever been in a situation that you notice, you looked in the mirror, you said, you know, that's not such a happy face. Uh, you know, that's a good time to change. Very similar, you know, sometimes you'll be speaking with a person, have you ever done this? And you're, you're talking and then all of a sudden they straighten up their posture. Like they notice, they recognize, oh my goodness, I was slouching over. I, I don't want to slouch over. I'll be giving a bad impression to the people I'm sitting with. So all of a sudden they, they sit up. Same thing is true with us. We want to notice, am I walking with a happy demeanor or am I walking with a moody demeanor? And if I'm walking with a moody demeanor, boom, we've got to change it immediately. It's interesting, you know, several years ago, my wife took a group of ladies to Israel. And when they arrived, the people who were running the program gave each lady a wristband that they put on, say, their, their right arm. And every time the person complained or said something negative, they had to take the wristband off the right wrist and put it on their left. So it created tremendous social pressure. Oh, ah, you said something, change your wristband. Oh, I did. Okay, now I got to put it. Oh, hey, you said that. Oh. And because he had a whole bunch of people together, and she said it really made a magnificent difference in the whole trip. Because, and, and, and look at the brilliance of the organizers of this trip. They don't want to bring people to Israel and then have them complain, oh, I don't have my cell phone on Shabbat. You know, the, the, the food is like uh, too fatty. It's not hot. It was the service. You know, the bed is hard. They don't want people on their trip complaining. So what they do is they give them a wristband and create a social pressure not to complain. I'm sure there were moments where everybody said, you know what, we're all going to complain right now. We're all going to change our wristband. <laughs> I'm sure that happened a few times. But nonetheless, we want to create a situation that others recognize us when we are complaining and they can recognize us when we are exerting an effort to be positive. Simply being aware of how often we look at the negative and owning up to our own lives, taking responsibility for our, our own happiness and our own positivity. We can dramatically change our words and our thoughts. And this becomes habit forming after a while. So I wanted to encourage you to consider to take the 30 day non-complaining challenge, right? Don't say anything negative to anybody. Get yourself a wristband perhaps. Okay, and do that. Get a partner who you're doing it with who, who will call you out on saying something negative and you'll change your life. You, you will live a much greater life because the truth is happy people, positive people make the world a better place. Let's make the world better. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, 
then your life will be great.